Elijah had shown up all unannounced and everything. Nobody had ever heard of him before. And he shows up to King Ahab and he says to him that it it will not rain until I tell you it's going to rain again. And then God told him to go hide. And he went and he went to this brook where God let ravens come in and feed him, and he drank the water from the brook until the brook dried up, and then God told him to go to the widow. And the widow only had a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour, but it never, ever ran dry while Elijah was there. And not only that, but the little boy that the widow was taking care of died. And Elijah, he he laid over him, prayed a few times, and that little boy got up, And he walked again, walked back downstairs. And so God had raised this boy from the dead. So Elijah had seen some incredible things that God had been doing. And and then last week, week, that was week one. And then last week, we talked about the showdown. God told uh, Elijah to go before King Ahab, and he said to him that that it's going to rain again. But before it does, we need to have a showdown and see who is really God. Is it Baal or is it the God of Israel? And they set up the little, the little, you know, he said, whoever brings fire down, that's who's God. And they set up a little, a little thing and they, they got some bulls and they put it over the altar. And remember, uh, Elijah made fun of them. Y'all remember that? It was the best, like, that's one of my favorite parts of the whole Bible. I love it because he's, he's very sarcastic and he's very, you know, I'm not like that at all. But um, anyway, he, 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 he was just making fun of them as they were, and they were doing this little rain dance around the little thing and calling on him. And Elijah was like, maybe he's in the bathroom. Remember that? That was just hilarious to me. Anyway, obviously, Baal didn't answer because Baal doesn't exist. And then Elijah, he prepared the altar, and he got the other bull, and he cut it up, and, he, and anybody remember what he did to the altar? He soaked it down with water. And you remember, it hadn't rained in three and a half years. Water is a very um, scarce commodity. So you don't want to just put it on anything. You don't want to waste it, right? And, but he, he had them soak it down three three times. Enough, and he, built, he, he dug this little trench thing around it, and it even filled that up. And then he prayed, and what happened? God answered by fire, and he burnt all that up, and even licked up all the water in the trench. And the people agreed before the showdown, because Elijah said, whoever answers by fire, that's who is God. And they all agreed. Whoever answers by fire, that's God. And we will worship him. And so they did. And so they did. But up to this point, it still hadn't rained yet. It still hadn't rained yet. And this is where we're going to pick up the story today. And I want you to picture this. I want you to picture this. I want want to show you a picture of my hometown. I'm from a town called Midland, Texas. And here it is. This is what my town looks like. Do you notice anything? Like right off bat, what do you what do you notice? It's very dry. What? It's very flat. It's what? Dead. Everything's dead. 
right? There's no trees. Do you see trees? Well, we didn't have trees unless we planted them. We didn't have trees. No green stuff. Just brown, dried up, hot grass, dried up land. It's all cracked. It's, it's, it's awful. I can imagine this is what it looked like during Elijah's time, other than the buildings and the oil rig. <laughs> those, I'm guessing those probably weren't there. Anyway, it's, but it probably looked, a, the, the dryness of it probably looked a lot like that. And so it hasn't rained yet, and this is where we pick up the, the story. But before I do, I want, I want you to understand what rain represents here. Rain represents the blessings from God. Because it hadn't rained in so long. And he was about to send rain. And it was like the blessings. And whenever you live in a town like this, you know, rain, when rain comes, it's not like this. It's not an inconvenience. It's like, oh, God, thank you so much. We need this so bad. All, oh, water in Midland has to get exported in, like through lakes. But when it's all hot and dry, the lakes dry up. So it becomes a problem. So rain is such a blessing from God in areas like this and in areas where Elijah was. And so what I want to do, so it kind of represents how faith is, but do you know there's somebody out there who doesn't want you to exercise your faith? He tries everything possible to stop you. And what we're going to read today is illustrated in the Bible. Um, it's three enemies to keep you in a dry place when it comes to your faith. Three enemies that keep you in a dry place when it comes to your faith. So let's jump right in. And, oh, not yet. We're going to talk about faith. Faith. Can anybody, can anybody define faith for me? What, what is it? I had it up there. That's right. According to Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the assurance of the things hoped for, the conviction of the things what? Not seen. And I want you to keep that in mind as we read this story. Faith is the, is the conviction of the things not seen. And remember that, okay? Okay. Are you ready for rain? Are you ready for rain? Rain from God, are you ready for it? Now the question really comes is this. Are you really ready? Are you really ready? Because we talk about it sometimes. We, we want to have that faith. We want to have the faith of Elijah. Do we really? Do we really? Okay, here we go. 1 Kings chapter 18. It says, And Elijah said to Ahab, Go and eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. It hasn't rained in three and a half years. What do you think the skies look like? Are they cloudy? Probably not. Probably just a bright, sunshiny day for like three and a half years. Right? 
And so he says to Ahab, hey, Ahab, now that we have this whole God thing figured out, go and eat and drink. Get your chariots ready. There is the sound of a heavy rain. The sound. What does the sound of a heavy rain look like? Well, right now, it doesn't look like anything right? And this is what I want to call the invisibility stage. The invisibility stage. Sometimes in faith, we are put into this invisibility stage and we don't really know what to do. There's the sound of the heavy rain coming. You know you've heard God tell you something, but you can't see it. There's the sound of the heavy rain. It's not here. It's not pouring down rain yet. It's the sound. It's kind of like, you know, when Noah was told to build a boat. It had never rained before there either. And here is this man building this boat in the middle of nowhere. And Noah kept telling them, it's going to flood. God said it's going to flood. You better want to think about getting on the boat. And and what did they do to him? They make fun of him. Right? They make fun of him. Because they don't see anything yet. I wonder if you're in the invisibility stage of faith right now where you feel like God has said something to you, but you don't see it yet. You just don't see it yet. Elijah is believing God at his word because he said that he needed to go and present himself to the king because he was going to send rain. And he believes God in that. He doesn't see rain coming He just believes God in that area. And then the showdown happened, and now he says to the king, go get ready. Go get ready. The sound of a heavy rain is coming. He hasn't seen anything yet. What is faith? It's conviction of the things not seen. He hasn't seen it yet. But he believes God because God told him so. So he goes and tells Ahab, go get ready. You don't want to get stuck here. You need to go somewhere else. So do you feel like God is doing something, but you just can't see the path to it yet? You know, it's kind of like, I feel like when God was talking to Mike and myself about planting this church, We couldn't see this church. It didn't exist. We just believed God was calling us to it. And then what do we do with that? Because it's invisible. It hasn't happened yet. There was no people. (laughs) There were no chairs. There were no tables. There were no screens. There was no musician. There was no sound. There was no nothing. It was invisible. 
because it didn't happen yet. Are you there? Has God said something to you, but you just don't see the path to it? I'm going to use Tony as an example. Tony felt like he, he was starting to feel something for the youth group, right? He's like, but I don't know how to do that. But I feel something there. I feel some tug towards it. Well, he's like, what do I do? I go, I, I don't know. <laughs> you follow God. That's what you do. And so he's just started. And he doesn't know, he doesn't know the path fully. He's got to figure that out. But he sensed something in his heart that didn't exist. He was in this invisibility stage. And I am so looking forward to what God is going to do in him and through him because he's believing God that God put that right there in him and he's just following suit kind of fun to watch that kind of faith you know it's kind of fun often in the realm of faith we hear things that we cannot see yet a lot of times that's how it happens whenever i felt like god was calling me into the ministry altogether i was like you've got to be nuts right but i felt like god was talking directly to me and again, you don't see the pathway yet. It's not laid out for you yet. You can't see those footsteps yet. You know which one you can see? The first one. That's the one you can see. That's the hardest one to take, that first step. You know why? People may make fun of you. People may think that you have lost your everlasting mind. Like, you've got to be crazy. Why would God call you into the ministry? I was asking the same question. It didn't make one lick of sense to me. Matter of fact, I thought he was mistaking me for Brian. Brian is sitting right over there. I thought that he was meant to talk to him. And he made some mistake, I don't know how, because I'm way better looking than Brian, right? But Brian was a way better person than I ever have been. And so I thought, that's weird, right? But I couldn't see the path laid out, but I could see the first step. The first step was say, okay, God, I will do as you say, because you Say so, I will. First step. Don't see the path, it's invisible. It's invisible. When a word of God comes into your life, you won't necessarily see a change in your situation. You may not see a change in your situation. It may not, that, may, that may not change. It will first produce a change within you. See, that, that's what happened whenever I was called in ministry. I had to get over myself. <laughs> I had to get over myself, right? It's not am I able, it's not am I qualified. Someone else I heard say this once before, but God, 
he, he qualifies you. He, he doesn't, you're not qualified, he qualifies you. And they said it way better than that. I don't remember how the saying goes, but there you go. You know what I'm saying, I think. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. You heard him. He says, you, you want to just give the rest of the message? I know I didn't. I'm just kidding. Thank you. That was right. Teacher's pet. Yes. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. There you go. That sounds way better. Much, much better. Much more fluid. And what that does is it produces a change within the person, not the situation, not the situation, but within the person. And then what happens is within the person, since the person is changed over time, do you know what happens to the situation? It changes too. Number one, basically because your eyes have changed on how you look at the situation. And so, when the Word of God comes, when the Word of God comes into your life, some people may think that you're, you're crazy because it's invisible. Don't let what other people say dictate how God speaks to you. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know. But you know. You know. And there's dry seasons within our life, right? And don't the dry seasons just, well, I don't know if you can say this at other churches, but you can say it here. Dry seasons suck. (laughs) They just suck. You know? And there's not a whole lot you can do about dry seasons. They're going to come and they're going to go. Sometimes my situation can be doing a whole lot better, though, than my soul. Right on the outside, because I've I've been in the church game for a little bit, like a week and a half, and every time I talk to somebody as they come through the doors, I say, "Hey, how's it going? Fine." Right, because we can play the game. We can play the game. On the outside, we can look perfectly fine. We can look like we have it all together. We can look like a success story on the outside. But on the inside, where you can hide things from people, but not from yourself and not from God, it's dry. Dry. And it's not fun. It's not fun. I can, again, I can look like, like I have it all together but just be weeping on the inside. And dry seasons, they just, they're, they're just there, and there's not a whole lot we can do about it. But are you in the invisibility stage? Maybe, maybe not. There's another stage that it goes into, and I'm going to spend a lot more time on this. He says this in 42. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. Elijah told him to go eat and drink, get ready. Ahab did so. But Elijah, he climbed to the top of Carmel. Remember, they were at Mount Carmel for the showdown. The showdown happened. 
And then he says, go, to, go eat and drink. So Ahab went, but Elijah went to the, mount, to the top. He bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. And I would love to illustrate that for you, but I just don't find that appropriate because it's weird. Um, plus, I can't. So, and if I got down and I did that, y'all would have to come help me back up. So, no thanks. Um, he goes on, he says, go and look toward the sea. He told his servant, and he went up and looked. I have, I have a, a, a helper today, and I'm so thankful. This is my daughter. Come on. This is my daughter, Janiah. She's going to play the role of the servant, and I'm going to play Elijah, okay? All right, except for I'm not going to demonstrate the weirdness, okay? All right, so he told the servant, go and look. So everybody say to her, go and look. Hurry, hurry, go look, hurry, hurry up, go look, go look. So she goes and looks, the servant goes and looks, and on the way back, come on back, come on back, don't go fast. She has bad news to tell Elijah. And hold up, stay right there. So, so Elijah is a person that you don't want to give bad news to. You, he just killed about 850 prophets. You're not a guy who wants to hear bad news. The servant has bad news to say. So the servant's kind of coming back, and he's, he's thinking to himself, oh, what am I going to say to Elijah? I don't want to tell him this. I don't want to tell him. What do I tell him? Do I tell him, like, you might want to talk to uh, Ahab again and tell him to hold up on the food and drink? You know? I don't, I don't want to tell him. Come on back. Come on back. The servant says, there is nothing there. There is nothing there. Let me ask you a question. Was he wrong? Was he wrong? You feel like you're being set up? You are. (laughs) You are. You are. I'm going to get to that point in just a minute. There is nothing there. There is nothing there. So he says to the servant, go back. Everybody tell Janai, go back. Hurry up. Go back. Go back. And Elijah, Elijah is still in this weird position. He's praying like this, you know, he's bent down. His head is between his knees. Come on back. Come on back. His head, he doesn't even look up at the servant. The servant comes back. Are you back yet? Tell me again. There is nothing there. There is nothing there. Go back. Everybody tell her, go back. So the servant goes back, and I'm playing this out on purpose. Because faith is a lot like this. 
Faith is a lot like this point right here where you see nothing, but God said something. And so you're praying and you're doing this weird thing like Elijah. And the servant comes back and says, and Elijah says, go back, go back. This is what it's like for faith. When there's nothing there, go back. This is a lot like raising kids. Whenever they're doing their horrible thing and you've taught them different, go back. This is a lot like life. When there's nothing there, go back. Come on back. Come on back. He's still in this weird position. He's still in this weird position. What do you say? Nothing there. Would it, do you notice something? Elijah hasn't moved. The servant has moved. And so Elijah says, go back. Go back and look. Go back and look. How long do you think this happened? It happened seven times. Let me remind you of some things real fast while she's going to look and coming back. Okay, Remember Jericho Wall. One time around Jericho wall, nothing happened, go again. Two time around Jericho wall, nothing happened, do it again. Three times, four times, five times, six times, seven times. Let's pretend it's been seven times, okay? You tired yet? Okay, we'll go back. Go back. That was the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a lot like how faith is. Man, nothing there. Go back. Tony, no youth yet? Go back. Whatever you're going through, nothing there, nothing happening, go back. Is there something? Wait, wait. Is there something? There's something. There's something. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. Now it's something. Something. What is it? There's a cloud. There's a what? There's a cloud. There's a cloud. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. There's a cloud. There's a cloud. There's, it's not nothing. It's a cloud. But, but, what, but what about the cloud? It's, it's small. It's, so it's not nothing. It's not nothing, but it's small. Not nothing. Thank you. Give her a hand. It's not nothing, but it's small. It's small. There's nothing there. Okay, now I'm going to play the little devil's advocate. Was the, de was the servant wrong the first time? There, was there something? We're talking about a rain cycle, right? You know how a rain cycle works? You remember from science? Remember? When you don't see something, God is doing something. You just can't see it. You can't see it. can't see it. So something is happening. Something is happening when nothing is seen. And what is faith again? It's, it's having confidence and stuff, something that's what, that, that, not, not, not seen. Not seen. There is nothing there. Whenever you start the process of faith, it always feels like nothing. 
always feels like nothing. But God said it. And he's in the background, and he's working, and you can't see it. You can't see it. Are you in the stage where you feel nothing? This is the most difficult part of the stage. This is tough because you know you heard or you sensed something. You know it. You feel it. Like it's in the deepest part of your soul. You know it. (laughs) But what you see is a direct contradiction of what you heard or what you sensed. It's so hard. This part of faith is so hard. It's so hard. So seven times Elijah told him to go back. And this is how it feels to wait on God and believing something that you just can't see yet. But let me remind you of something. Nothing is impossible with God. Say that. Say that with me. Nothing is impossible with God. Isn't that what the Bible tells us? Nothing is impossible with God. The only thing that's impossible with God is nothing. If God is in it, if God is in it, it's never nothing. Never. It's never nothing. You may not see it, but it's never nothing if God is in it. (laughs) So the seventh time, the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So it, 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 was now nothing, it wasn't nothing now. It was something, but it was small, right? Small. It was insignificant. Insignificant. Now, I want, I want to, I got a little video I want to show you, but not yet. Hang on, I'm going to tell you at the right time, okay? Are you ready? So, Elijah's sitting here like this. The servant comes the seventh time, and he says, there's something, there's something, a cloud the size of a man's hand. Elijah gets up, and this is what he says. Let's go! Let's go! He hears that there's an insignificant little thing, and he's like Tom Brady, Let's go! Right? Let's go! But it's insignificant. It's insignificant. Do you feel like you're insignificant? Maybe you've been told that you're insignificant. Man, you've got God. You are the farthest thing from insignificant. Because God likes to use the small little things to do incredible little things. Incredible little things, but we got to believe them. So so Elijah was like, let's go! You have to celebrate what seems insignificant. So when you see the little cloud, the size of a little man's hand, You need to be like, let's go! 
God is showing up. He is, I hear the sound coming. And we got to go. You got to celebrate those little things. I remember, (laughs) I remember my first youth ministry job. I had to choose between two places. I had to choose between um, Roanoke, Virginia, and that's such a beautiful place. Oh my gosh, it was wonderful. The church was already established. I mean, it had like a good youth group of about 40 or 50, and um, you know, they had, they had everything that you would want. And then there was another one in Pageland, South Carolina. Oh, I didn't get the same yay. I heard a yay for Roanoke, but no yay for Pageland. Yeah, because Pageland is a, well, it's insignificant. It's insignificant. And there was four teenagers there when I got there. Four. So I had to choose. I was like, well, in Roanoke... This is kind of like what everyone kind of thinks of when you go into youth ministry. When you go to seminary and you say, okay, I'm going to go into youth ministry, and you dream about what it's going to look like when you get out of seminary, Roanoke. (laughs) Pageland. (laughs) Let's go! That's right. Exactly. (laughs) I chose Pageland. Because I got to start from the ground up. And whenever I got there, four kids were coming on a regular basis. And I was like, you know what? God's up to something. God's up to something. He's called me here. I don't see it yet. But God is going to do something in this church, in this basement with the teens in this town. And so I got to fix it up because it was a basement. It was pitiful. It was disgusting. You know, right where you want to put the teenagers. <laughs> Just kidding. Sort of. In the dark, exactly. And it was moldy and smelled and it was gross. Anyway, I had to go fix it up, right? And so I, I painted like the grant. So this was so funny. I painted... And I painted the floor, I painted it black. Well, you would have thought I'd have done brought Satan up in the church. The the people, the the people who are a little older than me. I'm not, you know, I love old people. When they came down the stairs and they saw that the thing was black, they didn't even fully get down the stairs before they went back up. So I painted it black anyway, and and then I I made this little uh, this checkered little thing, black and white with and I put tables over there and we had a little little bar and a refrigerator in the back and then I put TVs I mounted TVs up for like screens and stuff I put a little stage up because I knew something was up, God was going to do something here I don't see it yet but I'm building it because it's coming God told me so. 
and I'm insignificant. Nobody in the town knows me. None. I'm new. I don't know a soul. My family doesn't live in Pageland. Nobody I know lives in Pageland. But God called me there. I wanted to go to Roanoke, but God called me to Pageland because I don't know why, because I think I was going to supposed to meet Mike right there, and I did. So we, 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 I got it ready. Got it ready. And then I went to the school. No one in the school knows me. I'm just this bald-headed fat guy, old creepy man, like Cindy used to call me. Yes, you did. Bald, creepy man in the skate park. Yes, you did. Don't deny, you did. So anywho, uh, I went to the school and I just started talking because I can talk to a stump. I don't mind. You don't respond. That's okay. I'll go talk to somebody else. And so I go and I start looking for people, right? Well, whenever I got hired, there used to have some teenagers that went to another church. What the church really wanted me to do was go get them back. And I said, I'm not touching them. Those kids need to go to that church. God is obviously working in their life over there. Why do I need them here? There's so many kids that don't go to church anywhere. Let's go get, let's go! Let's go get them. So I went to the church, and I mean, I'm to the, to the school. And I, I just infiltrated the school. I went to all the football games, all the bat. I went to all the sporting events. I, I went to their graduations. I did everything because God was up to something. And then there was another school that was a, supposed to be a Christian school that they didn't like me, but I went anyway. I, and, and you know what happened? Kids started coming. You know what kind of kids? The kids who don't go to church anywhere. The kids who would go do bad stuff before they stepped foot into the church. You know why they started coming? Because I invested in them. Because there was a little cloud. There was a little cloud. God called me. I saw the little cloud. And I'm like, let's go. And then one night, one night, this little girl wanted to get saved. I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> the leader brought her to me. She was all crying. And she was like, the, she wants to accept Christ as her Savior. I was like, well, good for you. Let's go. And she was like, yeah, you need a leader. Yeah, I was like, what? I, I, who? <laughs> she was like, you. I was like, I've been to seminary. I know this. I know this. And so I totally messed that up. But that little girl came to Jesus anyway. And you know what we did? We celebrated. Because that's what you do. We need to celebrate what seems insignificant. This church started with nothing, and then Matt came. And we celebrated outside of church because he was inside. Me and Mike. It seemed insignificant. But we thought we had a lost person. We didn't. But he looked lost. <laughs> he looked like he didn't know Jesus. And we celebrated. 
And we've been celebrating every little insignificant thing since. Because we need to celebrate those things. And the reason why we celebrate those things is because it's not where you start. It's not where you start. It's where you finish. It's where you finish. And if you don't celebrate, if you don't celebrate the little insignificant things along the way, you won't be ready for the bigger stuff down the road. So, when this church explodes someday, it's, we, we will celebrate every little insignificant thing until we get there. Because I want to be ready for when it comes. Because God is going to do something in this church. You know, you, you, do you believe me? God told us to come here. There's a reason. We didn't see it yet, but we came and we started and we started investing in people and investing in our community. And if the Bible is true, the Bible says that if you do not grow weary in doing good, you will reap a harvest that you can't even imagine. And I believe what God says. Someday. Now, it's not before, I, I, I said that wrong. It's not when we blow up. It's right now. It's you. It's you, Carrie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's you. You are what make us, us. And we need to celebrate every one of you. And we have. We have. You may not know it, but we have. And I want you to say, I want you to say this. This is significant. Whatever you're going through, if you're a stay-at-home mom and you feel insignificant, can I just tell you that is significant. In the kingdom, this, whatever you're doing, this is significant because what the devil will do is the devil will come right beside you and say, see, look at them. You can't do what they do. You, 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 you don't matter. You don't matter. They're the ones who matter. And, and you'll start to believe that nonsense. And so you need to say it. You need to say, this is significant. Say it with me. Ready? This, this is significant. You know whenever they were building, rebuilding the wall? Rebuilding the wall? And uh, they, the, the, the people didn't want them to rebuild the wall because that meant they would become strong again. And so they sent these people to try to get them down from the wall. And he said, I will not get down because this is what matters right now. You're not going to distract me. This is significant. So I don't know where you are right now, if you feel insignificant, but I want to encourage you, wherever you are, what you are doing makes a difference. It matters. It matters. It is significant in the kingdom. You start, oh, you ever notice, you ever, let me ask you a question. You want to go buy a new car. 
You want to go buy a new car. And you go, you know, I think I really want this kind of car. And the next thing you notice, Buford, full of them. You hadn't noticed before, right? You hadn't noticed, but now that you want one, you see them everywhere. You ever wonder how, what, what, what's up with that? Here's the deal. You start seeing it when you start searching for it. You want to find God in what you're doing? You don't, you don't see Him. You, you don't feel Him. You, don't, you're not, you, you will start to see Him when you start searching for Him. Because He wants that relationship with you. So wherever you are, if you're feeling insignificant, and you're feeling unwanted, and you're feeling like down and out and low and lo- lowly, search for Him. You'll see Him. You'll find him. You'll see him at work. You'll see him because it's significant. Because you are significant and you matter. So if, 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 if he can't, if the devil can't get you in the invisible stage or the insignificant stage, there's only one other way that he can get you. And and it's, it's going to be kind of illustrated throughout the rest of this. And let me just finish reading this. It says, the, serv- the seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Do, am I just getting too close? Is that the deal? Okay. So meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose and a heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The rain came just as he said so. It came. And you remember what rain kind of represents in this story? Blessings. Blessing. When the rain came, and you, you, you need the rain, in your own life. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, thank you. And I just, God rained down. The reason why I wanted Kurt to learn that song is because we sing, Lord, rain down. I want to feel your blessing. I want to receive your blessing. Lord, I'm going through some stuff. And I need you right now. Lord, send down your rain on me. The rain came. And watch. Watch what he does. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. It's about 17 miles. (laughs) He ran a marathon, half a marathon. Ahead of the king and his chariots, he's booking it. He is running, right? He gets to Jezreel first, and then something happens when he gets there. The intimidation stage happens because this is where Satan kind of gets us sometimes. He can't get us in the invisible stage or the intimidation stage. He 
will get us in the intimidation stage where he'll just start to bully you. Start to bully you. And this is what happens. Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done. Who was Jezebel again? It was his wife. And she was not a nice person. Everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. You think Jezebel's happy about this? Nope. Nope. Jezebel sent a message to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Jezebel's threatening him to kill him. Right? That's, that's what she's saying. Now you would expect, I would expect Elijah to be like, Hey Jezebel, you know where you can take that talk? Shove it where the sun don't shine. Right? Think about all that Elijah had just been through. All the amazing things that God, he has had faith in God. He has trusted that God is speaking through him to to the people. He's seen the cloud come. He's seen the rain finally come. He has experienced miracle after miracle. And now, now that a woman Jezebel is going to threaten his life, what do you think he does? He gets intimidated, and he tucks tail and runs. Isn't that like us sometimes? We know God has spoken to us. We don't see it yet, but we believe Him. And we go through this, and we, we, get, we get people making fun of us, and we, we get, you know hammered through all of this and then the cloud comes and we get to see it and we're like let's go we're so filled with faith we're so filled with what god can do and then we get there god is just about to bless us And someone says the wrong thing at the wrong time to us. And we go, you're right. And we walk away. (laughs) What? What? What is that about? Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. He ran ahead of the rain. He ran ahead of the blessing that God was ready to pour down on the people, including him. And the word, he was afraid, and he ran. And he hid in a cave. And the word of the Lord came to him. God tapped him on the shoulder. Elijah, what are you doing here? You ever have God do that to you? And you're like, oh. 
you're right. What am I doing here? I should be there receiving the blessing. But because I was afraid, I ran away. And God says, what are you doing here? Go back. You think, Je- you think Jezebel can put a finger on you? I'm God. Nothing's going to happen to you that I don't allow. Go back. Go back. Ran ahead of the rain. The rain represents the blessings. Don't, 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 don't run away from the blessings because you're afraid of what others might say or do. Don't run away from the blessings of God because of somebody else's non-belief. They can have their non-belief. Don't run away from the blessings that God has for you because you're afraid. But they look scary, bikers. They look scary. Don't run away from the blood. You don't know what a conversation with one of them or just loving them or just being there for them. You don't know what's going to happen because of you. Don't run away because you're scared. Don't run away. Go, go instead, instead, go and enjoy. Enjoy, enjoy the rain. Enjoy the blessing. <laughs> Enjoy the abundant life that God has said that he wants for you. Sometimes, sometimes we say we want that life, and then whenever God gives it, we're like, uh, like we feel bad. We feel bad for enjoying God's goodness. What? Don't ever, ever feel bad. Enjoy the blessing. Don't let those three stages stop you or your faith. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for an opportunity to come and share what I feel like you wanted me to share today. And God, I pray that you would work on our hearts, that you would make us different because, Lord, that you are in it. Lord, help us if we are in the invisible stage. Lord, where we sense something, we feel something, we know we heard something, but God, we don't see it yet. Help us to hold on. Help us to hold on. Lord, and if we're, if we're in the insignificant stage where what we heard, we can finally sort of see, sort of touch, sort of feel, Lord, if we're in that stage, Lord, help us to hold on tight. Your blessings are coming. And Lord, and when the, when the, the, the devil tries, if he hasn't gotten us in those two stages, Lord, when he starts to intimidate us, when he starts to say things that aren't true, Lord, 
Give us the courage to tell him right where he can go and get away from us because we're about to enjoy the rain. We're going to enjoy the blessings from God. Lord, I pray you would rain down on us. Rain down your blessings. Rain down. all that you have for us. Lord, help us to be faithful and help us to stay true. And when we get off, Lord, I pray that you tap us on the shoulder and you ask us, what are you doing here? And we would listen and we would go back so that we can enjoy the abundant life you have for us. Lord, faith is hard. So I just ask that you bear with us as we try to figure it out. For it's in your name I pray. Amen. So the first step of faith, remember, you may not see it yet. First step is always the hardest one. And you may not have ever taken the very first step of faith which is believing Him to be your Savior. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. Simple as ABC. First, we have to admit that we've done wrong, and we all have. And then we have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God who came and lived a perfect life, born of a virgin, died a perfect human being on a cross, and three days later, He rose from the dead so that you and I can have a relationship with Him. We have to believe that. And then we have to commit our life to Him and say yes to Him and no to the world. And when we do that, when we really do that, remember I asked you, are you ready for rain? And then I, really, I said, really? Are you really ready? When you take that first step, <laughs> The rain is about to fall down on you. Because when you take that first step, you become a son or a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you're a part of the family. And even when you do stupid stuff, when you're a part of the family, man, you're just a part of the family and you're just stupid. <laughs> but if you do stupid stuff and you're not a part of the family, another story. And I would love to talk to you about that to take that very first step. If you are already a part of the family, and you're like, man, this faith thing, I, I'm, I'm in one of those stages, and I don't know how to get out, I would love to talk to you about that too. I don't know where Mac went, but he left. So, are you going to play anything? Can you play again? Can you play Rain Down again? I would love for you to and make that like an invitation song. I'm sorry. Um, hit you like, yeah. So we're going to sing this song one more time. And if God is working on you, I would love to talk to you. If you just want to enjoy God's goodness and let His blessings rain down on you, let Him do so.
It's okay. Enjoy it. Like, don't be afraid of that. Just enjoy.